Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And welcome to yet another Workflow Wednesday webinar series, Workflow Wednesday webinar series. Um, this is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm here with my friends, Haley. Uh, hi, Haley. Hey, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, Heather. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, good. friends. It's a spooky, good uh Facebook live video. Because well, yeah, I know we should have thought ahead. So for those of you who are in the U S obviously, you know, this is Halloween. And, um, if we would have thought ahead of time, we would have dressed up, but rich actually preemptively dressed up today. I, you'll never guess who he's trying to look like. Um, we'll, we'll let you, if you want to submit any comments about who you think he, he might be dressing up as you're well, more than welcome. I, um, I can only hope. We should offer a gift code to the one who that code. <laughs> That's true. Actually, it's a great point. And then we have um, a new friend of mine. I, I actually just recently interviewed Kayla for the Boca podcast, an audio episode that will be coming out pretty soon. Um, but Kayla, so graciously, last minute, was willing to join us for Workflow Wednesday today. So Kayla, welcome to the show. Hi, excited to be here. Well, and it's it's really, really great to have you. And I'll add a couple of side notes here. Number one, we're using a bit of a new platform here for Workflow Wednesday. So bear with us as we're kind of working through uh, adjusting to the new platform, any potential technical issues as we always do. We will work through them best we possibly can. Um, but we are doing this on Facebook Live. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast version after the fact, we push this out to the podcast on Wednesday evenings. And then this is 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash photogs edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. This goes out to, to the, the uh, Photographer's Edit Facebook page live. And um, if you're listening to the audio version, don't hesitate to come back and watch the video versions. If you have the opportunity to live, you can actually comment, ask questions, make suggestions, or otherwise make, uh, make faces, or at least send us emojis that would suggest the face that you're making. Um, <laughs> And, and engage with us because we love a conversation and Haley's going to be watching those comments and, and uh, share those with the group as they come in. So don't hesitate to join in and comment. But we are hitting up an, another topic this week, which is something that we really haven't delved into a whole lot in the podcast as a whole, but certainly not on Workflow Wednesday. And that is IPS, in-person sales. Um, we're going to get to that here in just a second, but just very briefly, Keala, since you're kind of our, our guest of honor today, and um, you're going to be sharing your experience with IPS with us, will you just briefly share about your business, the, the website, um, what type of photography that you currently do? Yeah, so I'm at KealaJarvis.com, and that is spelled K-E-A-L-A-J-A-R-V-I-S, and I am an international portrait photographer for the adventurous soul. 
mainly highlighting seniors, but now merging with families as well, because, you know, families come together abroad, not just with the teenagers, you know. So, uh, yeah, I highlight seniors. That That's kind of my jam. Now that I have a baby, I really get the whole, like, family deal. I've just, I just love photographing, but those are my favorites. Well, and I have to say your senior photography in particular impressed me. I, w- I was looking at your Instagram account yesterday, which is also Kayala Jarvis. Is that correct? It's Kayala J photo. Kayala J photo. Okay. So for those of you listening in, of course, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, but make sure you go take a look at Kayala's work. I mean, both the, the family work and the senior work, wonderful. But the, the senior work, you know, it's, you see such a wide variety of senior photography. And uh, I was particularly struck by your senior photography work. Props to you for that. Um, but you are, you mentioned being an international photographer. Tell us where you're actually chiming in from. Yeah. So I'm actually coming in from Warsaw, Poland at the moment. So it's Halloween over in America right now. That's definitely not happening here. (laughs) It's pretty much non-existent. I did, I have a a seven month old. I got him all dressed up as a pumpkin and I took him out (laughs) and everybody was kind of like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> He's super cute, but like they yeah. were not into it, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you, despite the time difference, making time for us today. And I kind of want to just jump right into this topic because as I've alluded to on the podcast before, certainly in our interview, which is going to be coming out here in the near future, this is a loaded topic to try to squeeze it into an hour or even less than an hour is a tough thing to do. So we're just going to dive right in and IPS, in-person sales, I mean, I I would say personally, I I chose not to go that route with my business because I wanted to avoid the, honestly, I was concerned about the amount of time that it would take to to do in-person sales after the fact. Instead, I wanted to go ahead and and spend time shooting weddings that would make me a premium up front and then then not worry about sales after the fact. We were working with a company called Pictage when I was shooting full-time. We'd upload the images, the prints, uh, were sold through Pictage. Pictage would actually do some marketing work for us, so we didn't have to worry about that. It was just a very nice hands-off, kind of simple existence as a photographer. And yet the reality I realize now in particular, looking back in hindsight, is that I was leaving a lot of money on the table. And so fear of the time cost involved is certainly one of the fears. And, and we're going to get into some of those other fears on the episode uh, where I interviewed you specifically about IPS. And again, this will be coming out soon for uh, for those of you who listen to the Boca podcast, if you're not currently listening, go to Boca, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com and uh, make sure you listen in to that podcast. But I would also say, too, that the um, fear of un- of the unknown is probably one of the main reasons why photographers don't dig into IPS. They, they hear in-person sales. They're scared of the idea of being a salesperson to begin with, but then all the moving parts associated with that also makes them apprehensive. And so I want to address that very fear today and let you just kind of take us through this process of IPS, what it looks like so that our listeners can get some context some perspective. Um, Myself, Haley, Rich, and Heather, we're going to probably chime in with questions here and there. And um, we'd love for you just to enlighten all of us, but maybe we can start first of all with just how do you manage the expectations of your client when they go to and they see your session fee, they're like, I'm going to spend X amount for say a portrait session in this case. I'm going to spend this amount, but I'm not, are are you telling them up front, Hey, you're not getting any finished product to go with that. You're coming to my studio after the fact for a sales session. What does that, that conversation look like? That's a really good question. So 
How I set that apart is I've actually put my sitting fees and my packaging pricing side by side. So that way, hopefully they kind of put them together. That one is just for like the time for, um, for seniors that like hair and makeup and, and a little bit of like this, the session and the planning. And then hopefully they look over to the side and notice that that's where all of the products and the social media images are attached. So I'm, I've only had one client who hasn't like read anything, but in the past, how long, about four, three or four years that I've been doing IPS, I've only had one that's been, that was like totally blindsided. <laughs> but really? once okay. I started doing them side by side, that, that helped out a lot when I had it where it was a sitting fee and then I had the collection on the bottom or vice versa, like on my um, like PDF that I sent all my clients. That's where like I had some questions and confusion because they see the first thing and then they're like, okay. And they think they've seen it all, but putting them side by side, was super helpful for that. Now, is this pricing that you're putting on your website or do you send them like an introductory PDF of sorts? You alluded to a PDF, I think, um, to their email after they've requested information. Yeah. So on my website, I have a starting point range that combines uh, like sitting feet or my bottom package a little bit. That way it helps filter out, um, you know, people that aren't in my price point range. Like I'm, you know, that just kind of helps find a more of an ideal client. So that way they kind of, hopefully when they look at that, they inquire with me, then I can give them more information because again, with social media, it's like dating, you know, the, like the website's like engagement. And then hopefully after they get the email and they book, that's like the marriage. So I don't want to overwhelm them too much. I just kind of want to slowly in, get them, introduce them to like each part of the process. Then we go over more of it. And then if we're still a good fit, they'll book me. And, you know, I commented, I think I commented on this in our, our audio podcast interview, but I have to give you props for the very clean, simple layout of your website, because there's a tendency that a lot of photographers have to clutter their websites with a lot of text, especially on the about me page. And it's easy to get lost in that. And the reality at the end of the day, like you're saying, is you're trying to make a really positive first impression, but throwing lots and lots and lots of information at that person up front uh, would be like that person on the first date giving you their life story right off the bat. And you're like that way, way too, it's just TMI. Like, I don't need all that right now. I just want to look at you because I think you're hot, you know, like that, that kind of interaction. Yeah. So um, I, I love that you have very proactively created a website that looks that way. And I think it's a good first impression and mm -hmm. it does beg, uh, I guess, a desire for more information so they, they make that inquiry, then you're sending them or attaching a PDF to the email response. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. So I do two things in my email response because again, I'm working with a clientele and it might be kind of everyone at this point, but for sure for teenagers, they're, they don't read a whole lot. So I really have to do like highlights and bullet points, which is why my website's very simplistic. In my email, I have in the summary, just like a small paragraph of what like my pricing is and kind of like basic expectations. And then hopefully they look at the, the PDF that I made that goes through pretty much everything to, that's involved in the experience of working with me. And that's where the pricing is really break, like really broken down. But again, because of 
I have to do both because you never know. And you really, whenever you have those incidents with clients where like they get, they like get to a certain point in your process and then they have questions and you're like, didn't we cover this a little bit earlier? Didn't you read, you know, so that kind of helps out just in case they're only reading the email, just in case, you know, just covering all of it, covering everything. <laughs> so, uh, so who, um, so you said uh, you're talking about um, uh, seniors going to your website. Uh, so uh, man, this is the first time I saw, saw myself big. And then, uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, whoa. whoa hello. Uh, man, I look so much different without glasses on. So, um, uh, so, uh, um, so, so you have mostly seniors inquiring with you or their parents. I mean, like who, who, who are you, who are you dealing with the most? Because obviously the parents are the ones with the money. Uh, right. so how, how does that, how does that work with seniors? That's a really good question. So yes, I primarily work with seniors and I get about 50, 50 at this point. I first started out with the seniors inquiring with me. So on my inquiry form for anybody who's a senior photographer, I highly recommend this putting, having them put the parent information in. So when I send the information to book me, then it CCs the parent. So they see as well, um, because yes, you're correct. They're the ones um, who are paying for the session and you want to be able to meet. And that's what the great thing with IPS, which I know we'll get to in a second, is that with social media images that are in my collections, that's how kind of I do uh, my pricing. Uh, it meets their needs, but the print products meet the parents' needs. So um, you have to accommodate for both, which is a pretty tricky thing. But yeah, I, I CC the parents. They have to give me their information because obviously they need to be in the know if they're going to be writing me the check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great point. I, I like, too, that you are accommodating this tendency, especially understanding your market, which is always an important concept, that you're accommodating the, the scrolling culture, right? Everybody's used yeah. to social media. They're very quickly going through information. So instead of giving them too much information up front, you, as you pointed out, simple information in bullet point format that's easy to, to kind of take in. And then the more detailed information to go along with that, especially for the parents, too, is they're going to be looking at that information. Um, so let's let's kind of go ahead and go into then the the actual shoot itself when you go to photograph this client they've decided to book you you're you're going out to meet them for are you shooting a studio or are you going on location or a combination of the above i mostly do on location for i have found that my clientele really likes to be they don't really like the studio vibe i mean i'm all for it and i push it every once in a while but no one really I try and get nibbles and I don't get any, which is fine. Um, but yeah, they're mostly on location right now. What's really popular is the mountains and fields. So we're, I'm there for like all the time with bug spray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we can kind of relate to that these days. Our, our, um, we've had quite the issue here locally with, with mosquitoes and it was, it was horrendous. Rich, you were talking about having canceled a number of sessions, yeah. correct? Yeah, I had to actually either cancel it or speed up the process because my clients were just over it. They're, oh. just, like, they're just like, they could, they like. That we, was we, unusual it, it, though it, it for was, this like, area. I, you know, it's not just like one mosquito, it's like swarms of mosquitoes. Swarms, yeah. And, and, and like, like I would have tried, and like everything started becoming really fake and which I really hate with with, uh, with images. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to just count to three. And you just like try to fake a smile because you're, <laughs> you're like, and quit trying to squat, squat <laughs> mosquitoes. But you know, I'm like, this isn't just not working. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I am curious though, if uh, Kayla, you're approaching the shoot in a particular way with this idea of IPS in mind, 
Um, mm-hmm. it, whether that is you're shooting more or you're shooting less, are you p- taking a particular number of images per series? Are you shooting for a particular numbers of st- a number of series of images to then give to the client or display to the client later on? What does that process look like? Do you actually shoot for the sake of IPS? So how, like, yes and no. Um, I kind of am 50-50 because, again, the seniors don't really care about the print products, but the parents do. And then what the photos of the seniors like of themselves, the parents usually don't like, but the photos the parents like, the seniors don't like. So I put in, um, I in my order session, I show 45 edited images. And usually, depending on how the pre-consult goes, which is where I do a lot of my, like, expectation setting, is... Um, I kind of get a feel of like what percentage of like traditional senior photos for the parents versus kind of the more artistic um, editorial for the senior and where that percentage line should be. Usually I try and keep it 50 50, but sometimes like the parents are really into the, um, they love the artistic stuff as well. And so I do usually more of that. And then with like a hint of like the ones that will go in the grad announcements or on the wall or in an album. But the pre-consult is actually where I kind of, again, set the expectation again, because I want to make sure that what I'm photographing is for their house is going to fit their style if they already have something there. So on top of like planning out the session, planning out their outfits and everything, I just get an idea where in your house is this going? Um, Mm. Do you like the close-ups far away landscape or portrait? You know, all of those like little questions just so that I make sure if, if they're like, oh, I have a specific spot on the wall and I want it landscape that I concentrate on landscape instead of just doing, or, you know, cause every once in a while, like certain sessions, like I'll notice if they don't have a preference that there's maybe one orientation I kind of go towards more it just depends on the, the session. But if they're like, oh shoot, like it was a portrait and I shot like so much landscape for like the you know close-up traditional photo then that's really hard to sell so just kind of it helps me to set the expectation so when I'm planning out the shoot in my mind what kind of photos will be on the wall uh albums sending to grandparents and stuff like that 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 makes sense okay Okay. yeah no it it definitely does so that consultation is that usually happening in person are you doing that virtually or a combination of the above well, now everything's pretty much virtual, um, but before it was in person. So they would bring, for for my senior sessions, they would bring like all of their clothes and then we would plan out their outfits. I do mood boards because uh, I'm a very, I, I'm, I feel like most of I'm just a visual person. And so to kind of get into their brain, I have them put a mood board together. We plan all of that out. So then they're really excited. But then well, while the parents there, um, that's when we talk about, okay, like, what are we thinking for your walls? Who do we have to keep in mind of like any aunts, grandparents and stuff that way? It's just like, it's just slowly planting that seed so that they're knowing to expect that that is coming. So it's not like a, where is like, oh, we're planning this out again. Cause you know, they have their own lives. They're not like reading everything that I give them. So it's just a verbal way for us to be on the same page. And I have their attention to talk about it. And you, you mentioned a mood board. Can you describe what that actually looks like? And I'm assuming that's also a virtual thing as well. Yeah. So I, I have them do a Pinterest and I have a bunch of um, mock-up mood boards on my business one. Um, it's KLJ photo if anybody wants to see it. Um, 
and I have them use that as because a lot of them don't know what that means. So I have I have a lot of like mock up ones, and I usually pull from those. Um, and then I look through it and while we're like meeting together, have them talk about what they liked about each thing. Um, and then from that visual and by what they're telling me, I try and come up with like a couple of words. That's like the theme of their photo shoot. And that for me, cause I, I view my seniors, like we collaborate together. Cause I, I mean, all of my seniors are different. Like every single person's different. And so I want to capture who they are, but in my artistic way you know, so. And finding. <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so you said you actually meet, meet with these clients, but uh, you also said you're like an international, uh, a photographer. Like how does that work when, when, uh, when like, like you may be in the United States at the moment, but next month you're going to be shooting somebody like in like Poland or, 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 you know, Iceland or something like that. Like, like, like how does that work as far as like your communication with them? Because you can't exactly get together with them, you know? Right. So now, cause the, I've been in Poland now for about nine months. So it's pretty recent. Uh, so everything pre-consult wise is now virtual, but when I was in, like I was primarily working in Utah when I'm in Utah, then I would just meet with them in person just because again, I want them to be comfortable with me in front of the camera. So for me that it was like, there were just so many wins with this meeting in person. Mm -hmm. I just have to work a little bit harder at the session in that first like 15 minutes to, to break the ice a lot quicker. Yeah. yeah. I really love the, the focus on communication here too. I mean, naturally it, it makes sense to put even more emphasis on communication and more specifically the management of expectations going into something like IPS. But I think this is something regardless of whether or not photographers are actually implementing IPS in their business that they emulate um, or at least get some ideas from because I don't know that we can communicate too much. I mean, at least in most cases, and especially when it comes to managing the client's expectations for the sake of a more positive experience, I think you're setting a really wonderful example of a very detailed communication process, which would benefit literally everyone listening in who's running a photography business. But I'm curious to kind of switch gears. Now we, we go from the, obviously the booking of the client to the shoot, and you have in mind what you're going to do for this client in the sales process afterwards as you're photographing, but then you've got to, to get these images processed or process them. Is there any element of the post-production that also um, you are keeping IPS in mind through that process? Yeah, when especially when I'm going through, I, I use Photo Mechanic to call through my images. Um, and the main part is like those really, like I, I want all my photos to be super, super crisp. Um, it's because I'm anticipating, especially for those classic ones when they're blowing them up, you know, to like, uh, like no one's in a 30 by 40 for me, but like if they wanted to, then it wasn't, it wasn't blurry. So obviously like everything being in focus is very, very crucial for me with, when it comes to me thinking about IPS. But as far as like, I mean, now I just edit quicker. I edit my images as soon as I get home. I'm done in about an hour and a half wow. <laughs> because now that I have a baby, it's like, I don't, I just, I, when I get home, he's already asleep. I edit all of them and then I get ready for the, um, the, the order session, like, a, like the day of, uh, isn't, I've kind of, I've just worked, I've just done it so many times. I guess it, it just does the workflows really, um, consistent and cohesive and efficient. There's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Very efficient. Well, so, yeah, efficiency yeah. obviously is such an important element of the conversations that we hear have here on the Workflow Wednesday. 
to that point, actually, I'm curious. One of the things that I've gotten the impression from photographers in the last, I don't know, I'd say in the last couple of years or so anyway, is that photographers are putting a lot more effort into the post-production work, especially if they're doing it themselves. They're not outsourcing to the photographer's edit or another editor. They're putting a lot more effort and energy into what are in reality, just proof images before they give those proofs to the clients. And in my mind, um, that is ultimately not efficient because you're putting work into all the images when the reality is they may only order large prints of, you know, maybe two or three of those images. Or if you're shooting a wedding, and you're delivering 800 images, maybe only 50 of those images are going to go in an album. Why would you put that much work into essentially retouching, not only color correcting, but retouching all of these images? There's a significant time cost involved. Or if you're outsourcing your editing, there's the cost of paying somebody else to do that work. So are you retouching every single image that you're then displaying to the client? Um, and if not, how do you manage the expectations of the client up front so that they understand they're seeing proof images, you're going to do the retouching work after the fact? Gotcha. So that is one way to do IPS. When I first did seniors, that was the method that I did. So I would meet with them the next day and they were, I call them clean edits, which is what I do through Lightroom. Um, now I just edit them completely just because I find with IPS and this is the thing that's really tricky about it is there's a lot of tri like trial and error because for different photographers and different um, niches, like there are different needs and things that work better for, you know, ideal clients. So keep that in mind for those of you that are interested in going to IPS like this when when Nathan says it's a heavy topic, it's a pretty heavy topic because there's so much even in like how you do your order session or how you structure your your collections and pricing that can be very varied and very customized to what works best for your business. Um, now I forgot the question. Oh, how long? Okay. So I give them their fully edited images. So I put, I do a clean edit and then I take about, I'm at like a minute and a half of just uh, Photoshopping each one. Uh, again, that's just cause I, Time is very valuable to me. So like, especially with editing, because for me, I'm one of those who I don't love to edit. So it is easy to simplify it because I'm not obsessed about every little, little detail. Because I have found that my clients, um, they, they don't obsess about it as much as I used to. And so I, like you were saying, like I realized I was putting so much time into like a single image that they didn't even notice or when they did it, less they didn't care maybe so <laughs> I have um, to I have to interrupt and or interject yeah. here because I, I wish we could like hit pause rewind and then play that and that's that little about 15 minute segment over and over and over and over and over again for photographers <laughs> because one of the big apprehensions of course when it comes to whether or not to outsource editing is that a lot of photographers say well they're going to know that it's not my editing style or my my clients they need to know or they want to know that it's me that's touching the images and the reality is at the end of the day that 98% of clients or probably even more aren't going to notice those nuanced details. And so to put so much emphasis on it to assume, to kind of what really amounts to projecting our preferences and our perspective on our clients when it comes to how those images are processed, um, it, it's misleading ultimately for us. And it ultimately, as you're pointing out, Kiala was, is, is, potentially eating up a bunch of time unnecessarily. And of course that time is money in the end, it's costing us. Mm -hmm. So I love that you point that out. Um, if you're shooting 
a doing a portrait session, let's say a family session, for example, how many images are you photographing and then how many will you actually deliver that you're processing the way that you just described? Uh, family sessions are more just because usually with kids, they move a lot. And so there I'm overshooting just so I can get those in focus images. Um, so th those are usually about 800, 800 images. And then again, I'm, um, delivering for, or at least I'm showing 45 and wow, then for okay. seniors, I've gotten to about 400 images for, and they're like hour and a half sessions. So because seniors, again, is what I do the most of. And so, like, I know, especially because my equipment is so simple, like, I know my equipment really well. I know it's like I'm just it's like riding a bike with seniors for me. Like, it just it just comes super easily. So I know exactly what to expect. I know the flow that I want that will give me the results that I want. Families, it's because for me, families is that's where I started off when I worked at a family studio. So I'm very like it is getting back to what I trained for originally but little kid like little they're just they're so tiring yeah. <laughs> you have it's like so true especially in Utah you've got like a six-year-old a four-year-old and a two-year-old and it's like to accommodate for the two-year-old is very different than the six and so they usually take more time they take a lot more effort and each family's different so those usually take more effort and time and a lot more images because again I want like a in focus and they move a lot. So. <laughs> but yeah. when, when we're looking at what, what does that amount to? My, my math skills aren't working right the second very well, but um, if you're taking, let's say 800 images, you're, you're delivering 40, is that 5% of, of the total number of images that are the final product that you're delivering to your client? I think that's right. Um, you, so, you know, you're asking the wrong person. It's interesting to consider too, because a lot of photographers these days are shooting uh, you know, for example, to shoot a wedding and mm -hmm. they'll shoot maybe 3000 photos. And then in that they'll deliver a thousand to 1200 to 1500 images to their clients. So that's, you know, anywhere from what 30 to 50% or 40 to 50% of the images being photographed they're delivering to the client versus you are only delivering 5%. Mm -hmm. And to your earlier point, there are a variety of ways to go about the business, but I think, I think that we could do a better job as photographers and, moving away from this tendency that has become more popular over the last 15 years or so with digital photography, which is to overshoot and then over deliver mm -hmm. and maybe shoot a little bit less certainly, but then also deliver less and deliver better, uh, more yeah. impressive images, more select images that more aptly represent our brand and, and the quality of work that we actually want to deliver. And yet again, I think this is a really wonderful example for our listeners. Let's let's go then from the editing process then to the actual sales process. And this is where I really want to dig in deep. Um, I, I'd love for you maybe just to walk all of us through literally from the time that client walks in the door, you know, how you might have the studio set up, um, the time that they walk in the door to the time that they leave, and then the actual delivery process. Will you kind of take us through that step by step, what that looks like, what that sounds like, what it feels like? Right. And then to your point, so one point with IPS is when I first did the, and I did clean edits, I did a hundred images that we'd go through. I found the more images that we had to go through, the more overwhelmed my clients would get. And so again, people buy based off emotion. And so I was almost like shooting myself in the foot because they got so overwhelmed with hmm. the photos that my sale numbers would go down because at the end, like then the brain was just so overwhelmed. They just wanted to quit, you know? Yep. And have so, you have you had uh, clients ask like, "Hey, do you have more photos than just these 45? I mean, like, did that happen every often? 
I actually haven't had that happen. I know oh, that sure. will, that could uh, potentially happen, mm-hmm. but so far I haven't had that yet. So good. But does part of that come from managing their expectation? They know up front that they're going to see 40 images. Do you tell them that up front? I tell them that I'm going to show the best image, like the best images and they will be completed images. So uh, I haven't had anybody not satisfied with those because I usually get from each pose one that's really, really good. And then they realize if for the ones that like, if I have three that are in the same pose, but like they have different smiles or there's a different expression. I've noticed that if I give too many of those, that's when that overwhelmed feeling starts to go up. Mm -hmm. And so, and again, the way that I have my IPS process, they don't, they don't have, they don't have time to really think about that or overanalyze it. So I think that's the biggest difference between when you just send images and um, they look at it themselves. Because for me, I'm getting like the first and second reaction when people mostly see their images and I get to control that environment with IPS. Whereas if you just send images and then they're complete. So like when I did that with like um, online downloads and they have the gallery, then they go through like, I love this. And they go again, show someone else. And like, I love these. And then that's when they go through and start overanalyzing. And then that's when I found I actually would have people say, did you have any more in this one? Um, because they're just overthinking it. And then they start, you know, getting really picky about it. And then the emotion starts to change. Hmm. Well, and I think there would be a different experience too. looking at say a gallery of tiny thumbnails on your phone, 40 images is going to seem insignificant in that context. But if they're in your studio, and, and I know you're going to get into kind of what this looks like, but if you're in your, their studio and maybe looking at a large screen and each individual image, you're taking time with each of those and letting them react to it, and respond to it and comment on it. Now, 40 images is a whole process. And yeah. the likelihood that they're going to bring up, you've got only have 40 images that you're showing them is probably a less likely. Right. Exactly. So again, like I want to like preface, like this is just what I've done and I've done a lot of, I've had to alter it as I've like learned throughout the years, um, what works best for my clients. And now I'm like, alt like changing it again, because I'm doing these more, uh, usually in this sort of format of virtual, if we don't have time to meet while I'm on location. So I'm just going to talk about what I did before I left, because I feel like my current situation is very rare for most people that are trying to transition to IPS. Um, okay, so when they come in, so as, what I do to prep is I create a slideshow. Um, I do an app um, of their images. And so I work with Pixie Set for that because I already had it before. <laughs> and once they did the, the mobile app, I've just I like to keep things simple. So once they did the mobile app, then I, I was using sticky albums and then I didn't, wasn't using that anymore. Um, so those are the preps that I have before I put the app on, on the iPad and have the slideshow ready to go. I use Lightroom for all my showing for kind of for the same reason. There are some great programs that are specifically for order sessions. Um, I just already pay for the creative cloud Lightroom. And so I just, it works, it works fine for me. And I, for things like, um, for those programs, they like have a living room set up and they can show you the size and how it looks on the wall. I just do that manually. But again, like that, those programs work great. No, no beef on them. They're actually, they're really (laughs) great programs. I just like to keep things really simple for what works best for me. But anyway, pushing that Lightroom picture to a, a large screen TV or what format are you showing that in? Yes. Yeah, so I have it all um, 
like an HDMI cord that goes from my laptop to the TV. Um, but okay, so sorry, you won from the beginning. So they come in <laughs> and um, usually at that point, um, I'm just chit-chatting, following up with questions I had with them at their, uh, at their photo shoot. So when I was back in Utah in the fall, homecoming was happening. And so I would follow up like, oh my gosh, how was homecoming? What did you guys do? Was it fun? To kind of, um, again, because I'm all, I'm really, I like to emphasize my relationships with my clients. Uh, and so that kind of just helps get everyone in the vibe instead of just like, we're here to buy. Because <laughs> again, I want them to be in that zone, but you know, like I want them emotionally to get there, not for me to like force it to get there. Yeah. Um, so then I have them sit down and I have um, this, the slideshow is ready to go on the big screen. And so I talk about, okay, this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to see a slideshow of your images. Then we're going to go through, pick out your favorites to kind of see what would be the best fit for your walls and stuff. We'll go over print products and then we'll get you guys all set up with what's the best fit for you. But for now, just sit back, relax, and we're going to watch a slideshow. Uh, as far as like a successful slideshow, I find that uh, about a second or and a half, like they go quickly and I have wow. it at random. So okay. they're not in order hmm. to all to kind of what Rich was asking. So they're not like, oh, wait, did I miss like a, a pose or something? Because mm -hmm. it's all so scattered and, um, and it goes quickly as well because I just want to just keep the high up. I just want initial reaction, which is just excitement. I want them just to get the emotion, all of that stuff. So I keep it pretty simple. Also, because when we go through and pick favorites, that's when they have they'll look at each of them a little bit more in process. So they do the slideshow. Um, and then I ask, like, do you guys love them? <laughs> I've had them all say yes so far. So that's good. good. And, then, <laughs> and then I take now, them. And I'm, Oh, this, this slideshow that you're showing your clients in person, mm -hmm. they're ultimately going to end up with the digital files for these photos that you've chosen to use for the slideshow. Is that correct? They get a social media copy of everything that they order. So okay. they don't get everything in the slideshow. Okay. This is just what works great for my clients. I'm finding that with seniors, they don't want all the images. And so it's mm -hmm. kind of nice because I don't have to price it for all of the images because I've already done all the work for, you know, 45 images. And so I, pr I don't have to price it. So you get all or nothing sort of a thing. That was a, a, a avenue I did at some point that did not pan out super well. Just again, because then families, then, then at that point when they're like, oh, we have to get all of them. I could do like without some of these sort of a thing. So that I have found works best for my clients where they get to pick their favorites. They get, um, you know, whatever they want. And then they get the social media copy. Um, and albums actually help out with that a lot. Um, but that's a really good question. Okay. Okay. Um, so slideshow. Oh, so after the slideshow, we go through in Lightroom and I've said, okay, so what we're going to do is pick out which ones you love, like, or they're not your favorite. And I put them up in similar groups of like three to five. And that's when they're in order. And then I have them go through and say which ones and I mark them with um, like color code them. And, and then are when you using this, the survey view in Lightroom in order to show them those groupings of images? I'm not quite sure what view I'm using. <laughs> okay. I just click grid the, view maybe. I'll click like all four and I press N and then they 
just show those. So that, is, that is the survey view. Yeah. And I'm glad that you Great. mentioned that keyboard shortcut too, because that's really helpful for, for anybody using Lightroom. But please continue. Oh, yeah. I'm all about the shortcuts. <laughs> um, and from there, I we kind of we just go through. Here's something to keep in mind. If again, this is just my experience with seniors, is the parents are paying, <laughs> the senior is not. So if the mom really likes one and the senior doesn't like one, that's where I put it as like, I like it or as a maybe, because again, I need to, I need to acknowledge the parents, but usually the parents want to get something that their, their, their senior wants, but I put that in there. I don't like just disregard it. If they're like, no, I hate it because mm-hmm. my eyelids a little bit closer, closer together, or, you know, whatever reason that they have. Um, so when I go through and there ha- there's a little bit of like a dispute of which ones they love, not like, or maybe I always lean more towards the parent for that reason. Um, and from then I bring out all the likes and the loves and then usually they've taken out a good majority of them. And from are there, you just that- one, like one, two, three starring them or how are you, how are you flagging those or marking them? Uh, red, yellow, and green. So six, seven, and eight. Got it. Cool. Um, cause I use the stars and the flags to figure out which ones in the album, which ones in the wall are, and which ones okay. are, uh, like gift prints and stuff like that, which I'll go okay. over in just a second. Cool. Um, where am I at? Okay. So I just did, they have all their favorite stuff. And this is when I introduce each product. Um, I have a physical copy of everything that I offer in twos so that usually the mom and the senior can hold them at the same time. So then I go through and introduce each product, talk about each one. So it's like for framed prints, the benefits of framed prints uh, versus canvas versus metal, standout, albums. You know, we kind of go through all of those and then I kind of get a feel. It's like, okay, so out of these, like which ones were you, did you guys love, think would be a good fit for your house? And I make a note of that. And from there... This is the crucial part. This is when you show them what they want actually is worth. (laughs) And I cannot express to you enough that this is like the most nerve wracking part always. Well, for me still, it's super nerve wracking, but it's really important that when you just, when you show that to them. So I have like my little folder and I open it up and I tell them, okay, so I think this collection will be the best fit to get the most of what you want. And then I break down exactly what they want in there. So they're really processing and again, communicating what comes in that package. But it's important to bring that to them and talk about it confidently. Even if you are not, it is so important to to just fake it if you're not. (laughs) (laughs) To not be apologetic for your pricing. Yes, exactly. Because if they feel that sense of hesitation, that that mood that you were at before when they're like super excited and like oh my gosh I love all these images it goes down and the sale's not going to go really well so just being really confident so I open that up and I I explain what's in there and then I just shut my mouth for a bit like I don't say anything I go back to my computer let her let the mom look through it and don't say anything unless she asks me questions and then from there, when I kind of get the sense that she's processed, it's like, all right, so is that the collection that we want to go with today? Do you have any questions? I mean, again, or you could say, all right, so which collection did you want to go with? Let's start picking the one for the wall art. And that's when you just move to the next to the next part. Does that make sense? 
It does. Yeah. Haley, do you, Haley, you've been kind of quiet over there. Do you have any questions for, for Kayla about that, that side of things? Or that, yeah. that step? I do. I actually have a couple questions, but I'm going to hold two because I think you may answer them before we get there. Okay. The first one was how I, my biggest thing is trying to convince someone, um, a mom or the, the child, well, senior that, these prints are more valuable than going to Walgreens or Walmart and getting them for a fraction of the price. Mm -hmm. But like if they were to order the album and then they get, well, I mean, you only give social media size images, but for those who are delivering um, full res images, if you Mm -hmm. are, how can you convince them of that? Because I've always had that issue, even if I'm talking to a family member and I'm like, you have to order from this site because they will look so much better. And I mean, it's through, um, I use pass and they connect with white house custom color, but that's been my biggest issue is trying to figure out how to convey how important these nice pieces are. Right. So there's a couple of ways. So I've with my process, I've been at currently, I've kind of almost eliminated that just because when they're looking and holding. So I try and make them different. That's the big difference. So a gift print, which for me is an eight by 10 and smaller, they're all mounted and they're all luster coated. So they look different than what you can get at Costco. That actually helped a ton when I started doing that. Um, You do have people that still just want the digital images. And for me, the digital images are the same price as my prints. So I tell them that the social media is complimentary. So you could just get the digital images if you want. And I can totally do that. Um, They're the same price as this. And then at that point, it's like, oh, okay, well, I might as well get stuff that I'm already planning to print and put on my walls anyways. Right. Did that answer your question? Yeah, that does. Like, that's a good way to approach it because I've, we, I've just never really offered prints too often, um, which is why I'm really excited about this <laughs> whole process. I'm learning so Yay! much. Oh, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead <laughs> but that's been really the biggest issue because even like I have Walgreens canvases that I printed long before I ever started in photography. So it's one of those things and I can tell a difference. I mean, you can see right. it very obvious, but to someone who's not in this profession, is it as obvious? Exactly. So it's only obvious when they compare it with their own stuff. Mm -hmm. So, which is why I have the tangible product that they're holding. Yeah. Feel different. Um, Also offering things that they can't get uh, like the, I believe metal prints are still pretty much a professional lab thing. Wood prints are, I think they're starting to kind of get more mainstream, but uh, just offering things and like, again, with the gift prints, like making it, them look different and yeah. feel different because the, the image quality in front, we can see that as professionals and as artists, but for them, I mean, they're just looking, they're like, that's someone that they know. That's all that they're concentrating on, yeah. which makes sense. Uh, as far as like the quality is if you just make it feel and look different, that yeah. helps kind of take out those, um, I guess, doubts or questions that sometimes their clients might have. Right. That's actually, you know, I love this because photographers, I think, have a tendency of speaking kind of idealistically or philosophically and trying to communicate on that level with clients who don't know yeah. photography the way that, again, we tend to project on them mm-hmm. uh, is, I think it's, it's minimizing the possibility of being able to sell them on a product 
that ha- that carries the level of quality that you're describing. So making it tangible, making it practical by literally handing them something and not just anything, because as you pointed out, I mean, you, you can order prints um, and, and Haley was uh, alluding to this as well. You can order prints from all these different places, but Kayla, as you pointed out, you can order offering products that actually not only look different, but actually feel different. And to have that Mm -hmm. tangible experience that is their experience, not something that you're trying to sell to them conceptually, Mm -hmm. I think is really, really important. And that's really, really powerful. We've got about 10 minutes here and I I don't want to rush you too much, but um, once they get to that process where they have, they've had the opportunity to look at these collections, Mm -hmm. what is then the next step? You're, You're saying, Hey, do you see a collection there that you really love? What's the, the initial response normally that they give? There is a bit of hesitation there sometimes, even though they've seen it before, even though I refer to it, you know, before. Again, sometimes they're, they're busy and they're just like, oh, I'll get to it later. So you do have that hesitation sometimes. But it's important, again, that what you're like, what you're, um, I guess, just meaner, maybe. Yeah, like just confidence. And if they have questions, not faltering on them because of doubts that you have in yourself, because that might not be what they're trying to confirm. So what Haley was talking about when someone's like, well, like I I just print these off at Walgreens or can like having, because again, it's that sense of control of their images, but they really don't realize that usually at some point they take forever to do it on their own. The quality isn't the same. And at that point, they're embarrassed to come back to you. And so it's just fulfilling uh, th- needs and wants that they already that they don't know that they already have and taking care of them in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but when what in that dead air or while they're talking to the senior or while they're figuring out like with their checkbook or their budget, just being quiet. And if they have questions like answering with confidence, that goes a long way because then it's you're setting the tone like this is expected and this isn't abnormal for me sort of a thing. And that way, if you don't have give them the, the excuse to feel that way, mm, yeah. um, as far as like, it just, again, in how you're presenting yourself, how you're presenting your pricing, then they won't doubt it. You know, you just confirm, like they have a question, confirm it very confidently and then be like, all right. So any other questions? Uh, are we ready to start picking from your wall art, which collection did you think will be the best fit for you? Mm-hmm. And then we go for, and then we go from there and that's when we start, okay, picking contenders for the wall art and narrowing all the stuff down for the albums and everything. Now, do you, do you get any clients that are like, um, I guess could be hesitant as far as like, Hey, we, we don't really want to make a decision right now. Okay. I, I need to talk to my husband, like, 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 uh, like, mm-hmm. or, or anything like that. Like, Hey, we, we don't want to be pressured to be, forced to buy something right now we want to think about it mm. or or right. like like what like what happens in those kind, of, those kind of situations that's a really good question so what i i've tried to combat that with addressing before at the um at the photo shoot so afterwards again it's setting expectations all decision makers need to be there mm. this will be the only time to order unless you want to upgrade for like grad announcements um and then and you, like I could go like and explain to them why, like what I told you then, like it will be so much easier to do it in person because once they go home, you're not controlling the environment of emotional like selling when they leave. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when they leave, they're not going to like, I've the first couple of times, like I had that happen. Cause I was super nervous and I was like, yeah, sure. Totally. But mm-hmm. most of the time when they left, they would text me back the next day and the 
they would spend less because they were embarrassed and their husband didn't see the images. So I'm not controlling the emotional environment. He's just seen uh, the number. And so I like to tell them before at the um, photo shoot at the pre-consult. So make sure like if dad, if dad has a say with like the budget or he needs to be there, uh, this is the only time that we'll do order sessions. Uh, And just saying that with confidence, I found that if I try and explain it to them, they don't quite understand. So if I just say like, that's not a budge thing and it's really to help them out. It's not, I don't really want to come across as like, I'm not flexible because I am, but I know for them, it's just going to set them up up to again, like spiral a little bit and then doubt and, and you know, second guess all of that stuff. Totally makes sense. Okay. So, so they, at this point, let's say they commit to a particular package. What is that next step that in the process look like? So then um, I put together their invoice and then show it to them, break down, make sure everything looks okay. Go through the images, make sure all of that looks okay. And then just tell them that like, if everything looks correct, then um, I can take American Express, Master Visa, which one would be best for you. And then that's when I take the payment. And then I order, then they leave and I order everything as soon as they leave so that it's fresh in the memory and it's already going. Cause I tell them it will take two or three weeks. And sometimes it could, if they get, send me back the wrong thing or if the product comes back and it's, you know, the coloring's weird, you know, like there's a variety of things that could be wrong with a product. Um, especially like during busy season, I find I have the most, uh, like for near Christmas and stuff. Um, but I, yeah, I order everything right then, um, right after they leave. Well, as soon as they get the payment, if they do a payment plan, which I don't be like, do we want a payment plan? I only offer it if they ask for a payment plan. Okay. <laughs> and then I, mine is they can do between two to four payments um, within with the between now and five months. Okay. And I don't give them any images or any products until it's completely paid. And I don't order them until they're completely paid either. And this is kind of like, side notes, like some people say, don't do sneak peeks beforehand. You can do sneak peeks beforehand. I personally don't because I have found they hurt my sales, but I've heard from other people that they don't see a difference. So when you say sneak peeks, do you mean showing a a physical product? Uh, Show like, like being like, Oh, like this is a photo from today and sending it via text message or posting it on social media. Okay. Okay. Because in a way they feel like they already have it. Interesting. Okay. Um, then they order, I order their products and they're usually there within a week. So I'm like, Hey, they're here early. When can you guys come by to come pick them up? And then they come pick them up. I give them their social media images, um, via online download for, from Pixie set. Um, as soon as they leave or as soon as they pay in full. So that goes immediately out to them with like the app and everything like that. And then they come and pick up their products after I've made sure that they're perfect a week, about a week or two later. Do you, have you seen any benefit or have you ever experimented with actually taking the product to their home and, and kind of setting it up for them and helping them further decide where these images go in their home? Yes. So that's what I did before because I didn't have a studio space. So I would do the in-person sales in their home and connect it to their, um, their home. Like, and that was difficult because some HDMI things were a little bit more picky than other TVs. So I would drive to their house, um, and drop them off and hang or hang them up for them. But I found once I had the studio, cause I was still planning on doing that, 
um, that most of them had no idea where they were going to put it yet. Okay. Even though it was like a week or two later. Sure. So eventually for my clients, they loved it if they could just do it on their own. However, I do know people that, especially with that investment, um, have been able to be also the person that could hang it up for them and being the professional in that sense. So that way, you know, the mom doesn't have to like bug the dad and there's like a fight, like how can I hang <laughs> this up yet sort of a thing. Right, like there's right. no, that is a definitely a great way to do it as well. So you can kind of go either way in this. Uh, this is, I, and and I know, again, we're kind of rushing because this topic is, is such a loaded one and there's so many different yeah. elements of it to cover. But I want to at least close with um, a, a really interesting fact that you shared with me when we did the, the other podcast episode. And that was the, the difference between what you were getting from a session before IPS versus what you're now getting now that you're actually implementing IPS in their, in your business, because some photographers might say, Hey, you know, like I'm this idea of me spending so much time and effort and energy after the shoot, I'm already tired. Like, I don't want to put any more time and effort into this. Is it really actually worth it? What would you say to them? Uh, let me just tell you the numbers because they kind of speak for themselves. So I started, um, shoot and burn when I, with seniors at three fifty. Uh, when my first sale after I switched to IPS was, it was 800 or $900, which is a huge jump with the yeah. extra three hours, possibly now it's like two and a half hours. I've been able to shave off. Um, but now my, my average right now is 2,200 for seniors. So you're going from $350 shoot and burn and yeah, it's convenient to now putting a few extra hours in and $2,200 average, which is just I, I mean, for most people, even me, I mean, the, I think, I don't even know that I had any print order come close to that 99% of the clients that I work with. Um, that is just a mind boggling number. And this is the kind of money, and this is not an anomaly, by the way. I mean, other conversations that I've I've had or heard about other photographers that are implementing IPS in their business, this, these are the kinds of numbers that they're seeing. And it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, honestly, that was probably, that's what, cause I was, as we talk about in the, the podcast together that I did earlier, um, I went from weddings to seniors. I always wanted to do seniors, but had that, that, uh, it was just like that unspoken thing. Like you can't make money doing seniors. Um, so I had to do, them um, kind of on the side from weddings, but weddings, you know, the, the part of weddings that I just could not tolerate anymore was like the 10 hour wedding days. Like mm. I would be so tired. Whereas yeah. seniors were, you know, the shoot's only an hour and a half and you know, like a lot shorter. I do them on weekdays. So then I had weekends available. Um, I was able to, to control so much more. And I knew that in order to change and not get the money that I was getting from weddings and get that to work for seniors was to switch to IPS. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like this is just one model compared, like there are so many possibilities as far as how to make a model that works best for for your business, for your clients, for your cost of sales and business. And again, like you said, a loaded topic. (laughs) It is, but I mean, you so eloquently communicated your experience and, and the way that you're implementing this in your business. And I really can't thank you enough. Haley, Rich, Heather, do you guys have any questions um, as we kind of close today's workflow Wednesday episode? I do have one. Go ahead, Haley. (laughs) Sorry. Um, This was my question earlier, and you actually touched on it, is you mentioned um, having them upgrade to grad announcements. Are you offering um, announcements as part of your packages, Um, and are you designing those, and do you have templates, or how does that work? 
Yeah, that's and, a really and, good question. And, and what are grad announcements? I'm so sorry. I, I, what you send out when the high schoolers graduating to all the friends and family. Oh, okay, I, I didn't do that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> just for the senior, yeah. just that one person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, in my packages, they get gradually more. I use grad and like they're kind of a standard um, for my clients. And I feel like for most seniors, so the number that they get depends on how high the package is. Uh, I do not design them at the moment because right now I'm getting the most of my seniors in the fall and it's very overwhelming for them to design and get all of that figured out for the spring. So that is one that I do virtually. I send a grad uh, catalog to them. I don't design them. I use um, osnapboutique.com for my designs. Uh, They have, she has really great variety and her stuff just like really complements my brand and for my girls really well. Um, so I send them out in March and from there they can upgrade because then I have them fill out a form, tell me which two I have them limit. If you give them too many options to choose, like send me all the ones you want me to work with, then you're like working on them forever. Yeah. You, like, send me your two that you want me to play around with and with the five images you want me to play around with. And then once they proof, then I tell them like those I ship directly to them because sometimes they're a little bit of procrastinators and it's like two weeks before graduation. (laughs) So I have them shipped straight to their house and then just double like follow up with them to make sure that they came okay and they look great, all that stuff. Perfect. And Heather, (laughs) you had a question as well. My question can wait. I see that we're past the hour mark and I don't, yeah. Yeah, feel feel free to just throw that in there and we'll, we'll finish up with this. You do you want me to ask my question? Yeah, yeah, please go oh, ahead. Okay, okay. I was just wondering um, if your sitting fee is a really critical number for you to get the type of clients that you want that are not going to actually deal with very much sticker shock when you're doing your in-person sales. Are you are you are you finding that that sitting fee is at a price point where you're getting the clients that can afford to come in and spend this twenty two hundred dollars that you're talking about? You know. Yes, that's a really good question, Heather. So. There, I had some, one of um, my friends that also do does IPS with me did some research and they mm-hmm. found that your sitting fee actual, actually equals the type of client that will spend more. So yeah. I have three different sitting fees. I have a, a mini, which is pretty much for senior boys because usually the mom just wants some photos. My middle package, um, it's a pretty big jump. Uh, and then my top one, which is kind of like the Lux, where it's like three hours, which is usually overwhelming for most people. But um, both of those top two ones have like hair and makeup included. So it really, it puts the price up quite a bit. And I have found, cause right now I'm at like a 350, 400 sitting fee. And that, and like, it is scary because it mentally, like for me, I was like, oh, then they're, they're not going to spend as much. But I have found that with this higher sitting fee, mm-hmm. they mentally are more, prepared and aware that they're going to be spending more, which doesn't mm. seem to make sense, but at the same time it does. Yeah. You're attracting clients of a certain demographic, you know, that, yeah. that can afford the, the IPS process more. Than, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We but have yeah. to keep in mind that the, that the average client is, I mean, 350 or $400 for a, for a portrait session, as much as that might seem like a small fee to us as photographers, because we're listening to these you know, glory stories, basically, of all these high-end photographers that are charging ridiculous amounts. That's actually a really high amount for the average individual uh, making, really, the average income in the U.S. So the idea of spending 350 or $400 for a session mm-hmm. um, when you could you know, go get 
images maybe at a, at a chain studio or something like that for a small fraction of that amount, uh, mm -hmm. that, is, that is a higher end price. So naturally it would filter out those who can't afford then to further uh, give you money for prints or albums or or other products, so that that totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, this has been this has been good, I, and again, it feels rushed because it is a loaded topic. But Kelly, you've been so wonderful to to share so much information, and again, so eloquently. Um, it, this is like you you need to do this kind of thing more often because you're really really good at it. But oh, thank um, you, <laughs> thank you so much for making time for the Workflow Wednesday series and the Boca Podcast. Again, for those of you listening in uh, on the podcast, we do these Facebook Live sessions on Tuesday. No, I'm sorry, Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And <laughs> you can come back and watch the live version. Occasionally, we'll have more visuals that you're going to want to see the video version for. And then we push these out to the Boca podcast, B-O-K-E-H-podcast.com uh, on Wednesday evening. And of course, you can subscribe to pretty much any podcast app you can imagine. So make sure that uh, you subscribe if you haven't already, that you continue to follow this. And uh, Keala, thank you again so much for making time for us this week. Thank you. Yes, thank Good you. Good to see you guys. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>